change your mind, you can change your life. Welcome to Radiating Change Podcast. I'm your certified health coach, Ala. Today's episode, More Than a Woman. So today I'm so excited to introduce to you all my beautiful friend, Ms. Sophia Laurel. She is a certified nurse midwife. She received her bachelor's of science as a nurse midwife from the State University of New York at Stony Brook. And she is also a board certified by the American Midwifery Certification Board. She practiced as a registered nurse in labor delivery for 19 years and has been a midwife for 15 years now. Sophia is also an author, y'all. So she has written a book that's entitled Letters to Myself. She says that if you find doubt, hope, love, and faith, you're going to find that within the pages because you'll be able to give yourself permission to live life out and dare to reach your dreams with the power you find within yourself. So I want you all just to please welcome the beautiful Miss Sophia. Hi, Sophia. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) Wow, what an introduction. (laughs) So first, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to um, meet with me today as we discuss women's health on this week's episode. So this week's episode is entitled More Than a Woman. What do you feel or what comes to mind when you hear that title, More Than a Woman? Wow. Um, Let me tell you. I'm a nerd. I like (laughs) reading books. I love science. And one thing I had learned a long time ago, it was a phrase that, you know, you are the sum of your parts. And it actually is something that touches me very, in a very deep way, because I believe we are more than the sum of our parts, which speaks to being more than a woman. Um, We have grown up in a society that tells us, you know, that um, mind and body are separate. Spirit and body are separate. And I happen not to believe that at all. So I think that as women, we are all powerful if we just tap into it and we know that. So yes, we are more than just the sum of our parts. That's what it means to me. Awesome. That is beautiful. I love that you expressed that we are more than just the sum of our parts. Because I know, especially in today's society, with all that we have access to, especially with social media, you know, some of our parts <laughs> are shown a lot more often <laughs> than others, right? Yeah. But we're so much more than just what meets the physical eye, right? We have our intellect, we have our spirituality, we have our, you know, just the essence of who we are and just finding out as women how we can bring that to the forefront, right? To be our authentic self and live our very best life. So today, um, as we're discussing women's health, um, I just wanted to know, first, how are you doing with with all that's going on? Because I know that you are out there, you know, on the field. So how are you doing as a midwife during these times? Well, personally, I'm good. Obviously, I have to go to work. It's no stay at home for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I don't resent that at all um, because I enjoy what I do. And people are afraid. Yeah. And I have found, honestly, interestingly, that people have been reaching out for things that they may not, <clears throat> excuse me, they may not usually um, do. They just want to touch base. Mm-hmm. They want to know that they matter. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they really call with silly things in, in terms of, and I say silly, I'm not judging it as um, unimportant. Mm-hmm. but in reference to the period of time that we are in. So if I call, you know, you call the office and say, you know, I have, a, I have a problem. Like I have, let me, what it, you know, um, 
oh, I need to know about the test that I had six months ago. Can I come into the office? Like, no, <laughs> no, <Right. laughs> no, 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 you can't. That's, that's not priority right now. So it's been interesting kind of weeding through that mm -hmm. and then trying to attend the people that do have urgent issues that need to be addressed and all the pregnant women I see, you know, they have to come in. So mm -hmm. it's, it's been interesting trying to find the balance and um, explain to people uh, how just because you can't see something doesn't make it not real, not important, or not dangerous. Absolutely. Um, I like that you um, state that just because you don't see something, it doesn't make it uh, not important or dangerous. Because sometimes as women, you know, um, we have adapted the mindset, most of us, where because most women are um, breadwinners in their homes or, you know, there's a lot of single moms out there or some have been raised to be very independent, do for yourself type attitude, which is fine. It's great. It has its place. But I think sometimes um, we, we uh, by adapting that mindset, we forget that there are things that we have to take care of within ourselves that self-care is so important, you know, taking the time to mentally wind down, you know, making sure if you feel a pain somewhere, don't ignore the pain, you know, reach out to your doctors and ask questions, you know. Um, what are some measures that we as women can take to care for ourselves? Oh, seeing self-care is a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I practice it myself uh, because here's the thing as women, like you said, we are responsible for so much. Yes. We're responsible for our families, our partners. And if you're an age like I am right now, where I'm kind of in the middle. So I have children beneath me. I have my mother above me. You know, there, there's that ladder of responsibility. And so you're always pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. But when do you get a chance to fill that cut back? Right. And that's the issue. And a lot of people feel like they don't need to. But I got news for you. If you don't, you have nothing to give. Right? right. Okay. So what happens if as a woman, you don't? You just give, 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 give. Mm -hmm. Now what happens? I'm tired. Mm-hmm which affects my physicality, which affects my mental capabilities because I'm not as sharp when I'm tired as when I'm rested. Absolutely. Right? So now my attention span is short. My ability to reason is less. And I might start now feeling resentment because I can't, I can't, pull my resources to make myself full again so now i might snap at you you might snap back at me because mm. you're coming from your perspective and i'm saying mine and i'll say mine is right and you'll say yours is right and we have a problem and it doesn't matter who you're talking to it could be your mother it could be your kids it could be your spouse it doesn't matter so it's really really important that you fill the cup up okay um I don't happen to be a believer of sacrifice in the sense that if you give all, everybody will be better. No, they won't because they'll just keep wanting. They expect and have gotten used to you giving, giving, giving. And then you're going to say, hold up. You're not giving me anymore. What is this about? <laughs> so no, it's really important. So what I do personally, I build routines and I have my routines and you have to, for me, routines and boundary setting are really important. So what do I mean by routines? For me personally, I get up every morning at 5 a.m. I don't care if it's a holiday. I don't care if it's a weekend. I don't care if I don't have to go to work. I get up at five and I meditate. Why five? I like that time because it's still 
dark enough outside and the world is still quiet, my household is still quiet, and I can just find the peace and then I meditate. I also do yoga. Mm -hmm. I'm not super stretchy, bendy, none of that. That's not what it's about. It's about, um, I don't know if you know that um, yoga means union. Mm -hmm. That's the literal definition of it. It means union. Mm -hmm. So you take a moment to become union with yourself, mm -hmm. right? So that also does that. These things build resilience and it gives you something to work with. It brings your energy. And of course, the other thing is nutrition. Can we, can we ignore that? No. So all of those things are to build you up. And then when you build yourself up and you have that strength, then you can give compassionately and care to those people that are around you and in your life. That is so wonderful. And I agree with what, you're, what you said. Um, you mentioned that if you don't have anything to give, if you're emptied out, then you have nothing to give. I can so relate to that, especially being a mom of three very active boys. Yes. And sometimes, um, and then also I'm a stay-at-home mom, so everything I do is from home. So, you know, sometimes I think as moms, we get so caught up with wanting to be the best mommy we can be for our children, the best spouse we can be for our husbands, right? Mm -hmm. But we tend to forget about us. And I remember when I first started my journey back in 2014, like I just had one of these pivotal moments in my life where I was feeling really, really low. I was depressed. I was oppressed. I was just like, God, if you don't come in now and speak to me or send information to me that I need in this season in my life, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I was burnt out and I was trying to figure out how did I get here? You know, this was never my intentions or what I desired for my life, <laughs> right? Because as young girls, like our my younger self, had a whole checklist of what I wanted to do and wanted to be, right? But as we get older, plans change, things change, right? Yeah. So you mentioned something that was so powerful, building routines. That is so key because when you build a routine, now you're creating um, a format to follow that uh, if you do it on a daily basis, now you're being consistent. When you're consistent, that's when things begin to change. I always say, if you change your mind, you can change your life. That's one of the first things that we as individuals have to understand. Once we have it in our mind to begin to change or to begin to start routines and stick to it, then slowly but surely you begin to see your life evolving into something totally different from what you was used to. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned um, having boundaries. That is also key because some people, they feel like, well, I don't need to have boundaries with my spouse or my children or my family or whomever, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> you do. Because you have to have some kind of standard and time set aside for yourself, right? Yes. If you don't, if you know how they the saying a happy wife, a happy life, right? Some people may not agree with that, but I just think it's just simply saying if mommy's taken care of, everybody's taken care of, mm -hmm. right? If mommy is not good, the household is going to fall apart because in most cases, the mom is really the one that's like holding down the fort, you know, yeah. and keeping that ship moving, so to speak. Yes. Um, you also mentioned meditation. That is so important. I do my own form of meditation, which is pray, right? So right. in the mornings, I love the five o'clock. I'm right along with you because it's that happy medium where everyone is quiet. The earth seems to be quiet mm -hmm. and you can just be so in tune and just gather your thoughts and focus yourself and just become and unite yourself back to where you need to be 
and prepare yourself for the day. That is so, so, so important along with, you know, nutrition, as you stated, and um, how it gives us the energy and everything that we need. That was so, so awesome. Um, I want to shift a little bit and talk about um, expected mothers, because I did get some questions um, on my social media page um, from expected mothers. And before I go into that, I just want to share my experience as a first time mom when I was pregnant. And um, I remember, you know, my water breaking and I thought, you know, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I had an accident. (laughs) Great. Let me just clean myself. You know, my bladder's weak. This baby is heavy. I just want him to come already. Right. Yeah. So I just went along my day and was eating my little snacks and was watching television, had the pains, but wasn't focused on the pains. It goes back to taking time to understand you, right? Because I was just so busy, like, oh, well, you know, it's just the pain. I can handle it, you know? And then it began to come a little more often than I would want it to, (laughs) right? So now my husband's like, okay, we got to walk around the neighborhood. Let's see. Okay, I remember this when my mother was in labor with my little brother, and he's just, like, super excited. And I'm just like, dude, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Let me take a shower again before we walk outside. And he's like, here we go. But it was one of those moments I would never forget. Um, Was it scary? Yes. Because first time mom, I didn't know what to expect. Even reading the book, what to expect when expecting, I still (laughs) wasn't expecting for the contractions to come as quickly as they did, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So my question to you would be, when should an expected mom go to the hospital? Okay, that's a really good question. And it's (laughs) multi-layered. Okay. It's usually everything is. I'm just going to say, first of all, I am 100% um, in agreement with what you said about being a first-time mom. I don't care how many books you read. I don't care how many of your aunts, uncles, (laughs) grandmas Mm -hmm. (laughs) tell you what it's going to be like. You have no idea, for real, what's about to happen. You just don't. And for myself... I was very literal. So the reason I'm a midwife is because of my first birth. All right. And um, I was going to my midwife for prenatal care and she gave me a list of things. If your water breaks, you're in labor. Check. Any vaginal bleeding? Check. Contractions? Check. They gave me a, a, a paper. And I'm literal. I'm telling you, I'm a geek. <laughs> if it's on the paper, <laughs> it follow it. True, right? I'm gonna do it. So my water plug came out, and I said, "Okay, I must be in labor." I didn't feel any pain, but they didn't say that. They said your mucus plug. So I said, "All right, time to go." Went to the hospital. The lady looked at me, and she was like, "You're not in labor. Go home." I want you to know, I went home either three or four times that first time they sent me home. So having that experience and being present, and by the way, the definition of a midwife mm-hmm. means being with women. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, that's, that's what the title means. So being with women, even though I only have the, um, the actual midwifery degree since 2005, I have been with women since 1986 and I can tell you everybody responds differently, but this is what I tell people. If your bag of water breaks, take your time, go to the hospital, get yourself situated. You know, it depends. Then I go like this. If you're having contractions every five minutes, consistently, regularly, for about an hour, if this is your first time, whether your water breaks or not, you go to the hospital. Any vaginal bleeding that you need to pad for, you go to the hospital, okay? Now, most people, I shouldn't say that really, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Most people, (laughs) um, labor starts very slowly. Mm -hmm. 
But the reason why I say that is because it's a matter of perception. What I feel and what you feel may be two different things where, like you said, you were having discomfort, Mm -hmm. but you was okay with it to stay home. You just, I'm feeling them, but I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You were probably in um, early labor at that time. Mm -hmm. But some people don't perceive that early stuff and they only come awake when they start getting strong. So they tend to have a different perception of when it's time to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So saying all that, you have to pay attention to your body. Now I'm going to share a story with you. I wasn't a midwife yet, but I have to share this story. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> and it's very, um, you know, it's a good story to illustrate. All right. So I was working at the hospital on the shift. We had 12-hour shifts. I started at 7 a.m. And maybe about 7.30, a young lady comes in. She's about 20. And she, you know, she says, I'm having contractions. I'm in labor. I say, okay, sure. You know, um, at the hospital I worked at, the doctors are not always there. And so as nurses, we had to do the... uh, assessment and then call the doctor and say, she's this, 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 and this. So I did my assessment and she wasn't really in labor. She was in what we say early labor or some people call them Braxton Hicks, but that's a whole nother story that I get into. (laughs) Um, So I called the doc, doc says, send her home, give her the instructions. So I told her just what I told you. If your water breaks, any vaginal bleeding um, and uh, contractions every five minutes. Okay, so then she says, okay, and she goes home. About 6.30, at the end of my shift, because I get off at 7, she comes back via ambulance with the baby in her arms. She delivered at home. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I said to her, didn't we have a conversation this morning? What about what I said? Didn't you understand? She goes, I'm going to tell you what happened. She says, miss. (laughs) <laughs> first the contractions were like every half an hour miss and she kept saying miss said, okay and then she goes and then they was like every 15 minutes and every 10 minutes miss I said yeah and she goes and then miss I swear miss she did this she says then it was like every four minutes then it was every three minutes miss and then the baby came out I said yeah so what happened she said it was never every five minutes oh my lord (laughs) so i remember that story always because no matter what i tell you you have to pay attention to your body and what's going on okay Mm -hmm. because she didn't do that she didn't you know feel what was going on to know that Mm -hmm. she should have gone you know what i mean so yeah it and it's a learning curve and just, you know, you just do what you feel. It, it really is yeah. that simple. That is such a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that is so true. We need to pay attention to our bodies. I think, um, you know, as women, again, we get so caught up with life where we forget the simple things like pay attention to yourself. You know, what are you feeling? What, what are, you know, how are you thinking about certain stuff? You know, write it down, you know, get that stuff out, you know, your thoughts. I'm the type of person I like to, whatever I'm thinking before I go to bed, I dump all of my thoughts into a journal. Yes, I do that. So that way I can sleep (laughs) because if not, my mind is going to keep working and it's going to keep going, you know? And um, just little things such as that helps me um, to just stay focused and also stay at peace and at ease. Can I add something to that? Yes. I mean, that's a really good uh, uh, process. And that goes back to the routines and stuff like that. Yes. But let me just add this. Um, I'm a big proponent. And I've seen it even in the OR, like when we do C-sections and stuff like that. Whatever state of mind you are in prior to becoming unconscious, 
whether it's in the OR or whether it's going to bed at night. The last thing that you were doing is usually how you feel when you wake up, okay? So to that end, you will never, 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 never catch me watching things that are violent, upsetting, scary, or anything like that before I go to bed. No good. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. You know, you go down in a state of peace. Mm -hmm. And what I try to remember to do myself as another part of my routine, like you said, write down and I will find things that I'm grateful for as I'm going to sleep. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for this pillow. It feels really good. Mm -hmm. Oh man, this blanket is just so warm, right? You know, or if you have your spouse next to you, you tell them, come over here and just, (laughs) I'm grateful for you being back there, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you know, that's another part of mindfulness and self-care. That's so beautiful. I do the same thing of, you know, just making a list of what you're grateful for, because that, that's another thing that's missing in society. There are not a lot of people who are grateful just for the simple things, you know, just to be able to breathe, mm-hmm. you know, on my own, to be able to dress myself and brush my hair and my teeth and feed myself and you know like just to be able to do those having the function of activities of my limbs like I'm so grateful to God for that because I remember working you know in the hospitals and having to care for patients who were not mobile you know so I am so so thankful you brought that up about mindfulness and just having that spirit of gratitude that is so um so important um, you mentioned for the expected mothers to um, the importance of knowing your body, you know, mm-hmm. and knowing the difference of early labor and how everyone is different because there are some w- women who may not be in tune with themselves as others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they won't know unless <laughs> this, the, uh, <laughs> the contractions come at full force and then they're like, oh, the baby is here, you know. Because... <laughs> 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 like, uh oh. Um, so this leads to my next question. And I know Can I, can I, I interject one thing before you do that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The the thing about boundaries. Mm-hmm. And this is important in labor, um, in terms of comfort. Because we tend to hear everybody's story, your mom, mm-hmm. your sister, your bestie, your grandma, everybody tells you their birth story, and they expect your story to be like their story. But I always empower my ladies to go when they're in labor because they talk about discomfort and, you know, medications, epidurals and things like this. It's real important to have your boundaries at this time. Okay. Why do I say that? Because if you're in pain and you want an epidural, take it. Right. If, I mean, you have nothing to prove to anyone. That's right. Not to me as a practitioner, not to your spouse, not to your grandma, not to your mother. Because I've seen it. I've seen mothers be there with their daughters and the daughters want something for pain. And the mother goes, no, you know, we don't take epidurals. Wait, I love you, but you're not in this bed. I am. Right. I can't take this anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, what about what about the woman who says, you know what? I'm going to try to do this without pain medication or whatever. And the person with them will go, no, take it, take it. It happened to me. Wow. My last provider was like, go ahead, girl, take it. Why are you not taking it? Because I'm good. Mm -hmm. No, I'm dealing with it Mm -hmm. and I don't need it. And it's Mm -hmm. what I want. Right. And it can be hard to do, but you have the right because it's your process this is your moment, your process, your decision. Now, I shouldn't say that. I should say it's a, it's a shared decision-making with you and the doctor or you and the provider, you and the midwife. Because, again, as a provider, I have two patients. Mm-hmm. I have you and I have your baby. Mm-hmm. So... I have to consider and balance and there'll be reasons why maybe you can't get the epidural or why you can't get 
you know, the Demerol or the, whatever it is in your IV. We have to do that. But the point I'm trying to make is you do what you need in the moment and don't let anybody dissuade you from taking pain medication if that's what you want or being without it if that's right. what you want. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for that, um, for interjecting that. That is so important. And I think, especially like for, for first time moms, like I remember um, just being a little afraid because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what my body was getting ready to experience despite the books that I've read, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I'm there. I'm laying there in the bed. I see the concern in my husband's eyes because now he's about to be a first-time dad. You know, he's never been in the labor delivery room, right? So he's just like, okay, are you good? He wasn't sure to hold my hand or not. And needless to say, he did not hold my hand because based off of whatever stories and movies he's seen, he's like, I heard women's strength. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I don't want you touching me anyway. At this point, <laughs> you've done enough. <laughs> like, stay right there, <laughs> you know. And I am so thankful for my labor and delivery nurse because mm -hmm. she was the one that was my voice of reason at that moment. Okay. And I'm thankful that God sent her. And I believe she was God sent just for me because one, I was blessed that she was also a Christian. So as she was speaking to me, she was just speaking and reminding me of God's promises through the scriptures. So it helped me in that moment to meditate on God's word. Mm -hmm. And that calmed me so to where now my child is like ready to come because now I'm relaxed. Right. right? So baby is ready to come. Yes. So now my husband's like, um, this child is coming. Y'all need to get the doctor in here. You know, um, one of my pregnancies, uh, I believe it was with my youngest son. No, it was my second son. Um, he was, we were waiting on the doctor and the nurse that was there at the time, I guess she was getting ready to leave. She said, well, you're going to have to just hold on one second until the doctor get here. I'm like, um, excuse me, sweetie, but, um, He's nope. coming. <laughs> he, he's like, I have no control of what's going on. I wasn't even pushing at that point, and I can feel him, you know, okay. coming out. And and my husband's like, all right, wait, okay, listen, if I have to deliver my son, then I will. And thank God my husband was there. And then the other nurse who was there for my first pregnancy, she just so happened to come in. And she's okay. like, oh, my goodness, you're here again? Okay. So she came in and assisted my husband. And my second oldest he was coming out and by the time they were I was done delivering him the doctor came like oh okay you guys basically took care of it he finished up did with his job and went on out and I'm like oh okay totally different <laughs> right totally different from my first pregnancy where I was um afraid and unsure and was trying to, you know, remain calm. I remember the oxygen mask they had to place on me just to like help me to breathe a little bit more. And then at first it was a little scary because I'm like, wait, what's happening? Why are you giving me this? You right. know, and thank God for my labor and delivery nurse. She was like coaching me every step of the way. Like, okay, this is why we're doing this. You're okay. It's for mm -hmm. your safety and the baby, you know. And right. what you said is so true, so key, boundaries, mm -hmm. you know, not allowing another person's perspective to become your own, Right. you know, staying in the moment, staying in tune with yourself, knowing what it is that you need at that moment. Yes. And every pregnancy is different because what I needed in my first pregnancy, I didn't need in my second pregnancy. Right. And then what I've experienced in my third pregnancy was that's a whole nother episode <laughs> because it was just so weird, like how that transpired. And um, all I can remember, you know, because they had to, the, the baby now, because he didn't, he, he didn't want to come out, you know, so now he was turning around, you know, so they was like, oh, we don't want him to be breached. So we're going to position you. Can you get on, you know, position yourself this way so that way and so I'm doing all of this stuff and I'm looking at this labor delivery nurse I listen y'all gonna have to figure this out <laughs> I'm like if I need to get a c-section please let me know she was like no that's not you don't need that because you're still strong and you're well and it's just the baby he's just giving us a hard time 
So I was talking to him. I said, listen, sir, get it together, reposition yourself, and come on out for mommy. Next thing we know, 10 minutes later, the little boy repositioned himself, and he was obedient. And I'm like, Lord, like, what would you teach me in that moment? And I remember, um, you know, talking to my husband about it. I was like, wow, the way my delivery was for each one of my sons it kind of explains their personality as well. Yes. Oh my goodness. You want to know something? When I tell people that, the fact that you said that, I'm like, hallelujah. Because (laughs) when I tell people that they, it it can be very esoteric Mm -hmm. in that it's very like woo woo and they don't, but I believe it. And I know it. I have four kids and I'm telling you it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, my first one is very like he's yeah. very the studious, very like that's that's just him. That pregnancy, it was just it was kind of by the book, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. The second one, he was ready and he's calm. He's one of the cool, calm collectors. Like he beats to his own drum. He's just that kid, you yeah. know. And that was how my <laughs> delivery was for him. It's like he's here. Like you're, you need to be on his time right now because yeah. the child's coming. And then my youngest son, it's like, Lord, (laughs) help me, Jesus, because he has so much personality and so much very expressive and always moving. Like he has constantly. And that's how he was. (laughs) (laughs) It was just moving. I'm like, come on, like, you got to be relaxed, you know? And, um, yeah, it's, it's true. I think that, uh, if we just pay a little bit of attention if we reflect back to that moment you know we can see that let me give you something else and this might be a little out there but i'm gonna I'm share it with you <laughs> okay so there you know there's laws of the universe everybody knows about the law of attraction right mm-hmm. but this one is called the law of correspondence mm-hmm. and basically it says as above so below mm-hmm. people tend to say like things on a macrocosm or microcosm. So you can mm-hmm. have one thing, but you can see how it can be if you enlarge in the same idea. Mm-hmm. Why do I say that? Because I have noticed in all my years on labor and delivery, whether as a nurse or midwife, it doesn't matter. And, and I've seen this, especially with people that do not take any kind of medication, right? They don't have the epidural or they don't have any IV medications. Um, and it's how they deal with pain. Mm. Um, I was in a network marketing company some years back and they taught me a saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. So as above, so below, right? Same Mm -hmm. thing. So here we go. How you respond in your labor. If you have no medication is who you are, is how you deal with pain and how you deal with stress. And if you can take that moment, like you just said, which is why I thought of it, if you can take that moment and see how you deal with stress, then you can take that into your larger everyday life and make changes according to who you want to be. Absolutely. From where you are. I learned about myself. How? I learned in labor that as a person, I tend to suck everything in, right? Mm. I hold it. I was literally holding my breath, literally. And when it was all done and I have, cause I've done this now, four kids, right? No pain medicine. Mm-hmm all four times not trying to be superwoman because right. the first time i asked for it they said it was too late the last time i was getting ready to get it too late so i was able to take this pattern and extrapolate it and see how i function under stress and other conditions mm-hmm. in my relationships with people in how i deal in my life and i suck it in i do I had an ulcer. Wow. Because I what? I take everybody's problems and I make them mine. I suck it in and I hold it. Or if if I'm upset, I may not share it with you. I'll hold it. 
I will avoid a confrontation at any cost. I hold it. I learned all of that from being in labor. I was able to say, oh, look at that. Look at that. Because labor is a stress. It's just a physical one. You take yourself and you put it in a different kind of stress. It could be mental. It could be, you know, spiritual, whatever. But you're going to react the same way because how you do anything is how you do everything. So you can take that experience and teach yourself something better about who you are, about how you can change, about maybe, you know, instead of sucking it in, maybe I'm going to tell the guys that I'm dating, you know what? You're not treating me as wonderful as I am and I'm worth. So here's my boundary. That is so wonderful. I love that. How you do everything is how How you do. How you do anything. Anything. Everything. Is how you do everything. Wonderful. You know, that is so, so true. You know, um, as you were speaking, I thought about um, just how I deal with certain things. Like I used to have moments, and then I thought I thought about my three sons. I thought about each pregnancy, each labor and delivery, and I thought about how each one, how I handled it, different. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot to do is because I was in a different place in my life. And that brought me to what you were saying, how you do anything is how you deal with everything, right? So it's like, yeah, it depends on the season as well in your life because how I would have reacted or responded when I was 19 is not how I would act or respond now. So it's it's because one, I have evolved and grown and I know who I am. I know my self-worth. At 19, I thought I did. I was still learning myself and still trying to figure things out. And then, you know, I got married early. So I got married at 19 years old. So it's like, okay, got married, was about to have a baby, starting a family and still studying. And it was just a lot happening Mm -hmm. in my life, right? Mm -hmm. So- now it, it's it's a totally different season yes you know and how I deal with things now and how I've created certain boundaries I've noticed that certain individuals or people who are used to us being a certain way feel a certain way because of our boundaries and that's okay yes it's okay thank it's you all right because it's who you are and you have to remain true to yourself because you only will be doing yourself an injustice if okay. you begin to compromise who you are to appease someone else. Yes. Now you're living your life to please that individual. I remember my younger self having those moments and was in that season, you yeah. know, just trying to make sure everybody is good, everyone is happy, but deep down inside in my quiet time, I'm depressed. You know, I I was crying and no one knew, you know, like hiding it from my husband and hiding it from family and then saving face when I'm in front of everybody, putting on a smile and being strong for everyone and deep down inside. You're miserable. I was miserable and mm-hmm. depressed. And that's one of the things that I constantly remind myself of, not to allow myself to go back to that type of, uh, to that place, because I've grown from that, you know, and then, and then too, we have to be mindful of our triggers. Yes. You know, what sets us off, what kind of ticks us off to where now we revert back to our old ways, because it's comfortable to us. We're familiar with that, you know, but in order to grow, you got to allow yourself to stretch. That's what I call growing pains. Yes. That would be a whole nother segment, but girl. (laughs) I'm thinking about when you said that, my mind started going. I'll call you back on that. We can do that one together. Growing pains because it's so much in life that we've all experienced. And I feel, you know, that we all have something to share. We all have a voice. I wouldn't have thought 10 years ago that I would be doing a podcast or speaking, you know, interviewing, um, you know, someone to talk about women's health. I, I wouldn't have even thought of that, right? Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I am doing this 
or even started Radiating Change is because I want to be able to help other individuals, not just women, but everyone alike, to spark that change, to radiate the change, to stretch yourself, allow yourself to grow and be the best version of you that you can be. And it starts with changing their mindset, changing those habits, right? So I'm going to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Okay. Um, I wanted to just focus just only because this we're in this pandemic and there were some questions. Um, unexpected mother asked, what measures should she take during this time of pandemic? And the reason she asked that is because, again, she heard from different ones. Your spouse is not allowed to be in labor delivery with you. Um, your I guess your mom or whoever, you know, you can't have certain people with you. You have to go through this by yourself. And she's afraid that she's going to go through this labor by herself. What do you say to her? Okay. So there's a couple of things uh, as far as that is concerned. And that is this, um, I receive emails all, you know, from, from the agencies that make up all these decisions, the, the CDC, the WHO, you know, World Health Organization and stuff like that. And the things that they have said so far, and things change all the time because this is the first time we've been going through this. But so far, as far as pregnancy is concerned, they're saying that well, pregnant women are at no more particular risk than anybody else. The baby is inside and the baby is protected. So that's, that's not a thing. So what you have to do as with everybody else is you got to make sure you wash your hands. You know, uh, when you go out in public, keep your mask on, um, you know, when you're in the room, um, with less than six feet, you know, like if you're going social to the supermarket, mm-hmm. social distancing, thank you. Um, you do that, um, not touch your face. Um, do all those things like everybody else has to do. As far as the hospital, it depends on where you go, okay? Um, It depends because some hospitals say, no, you can't have anyone. Um, Some hospitals will allow one person. I know the hospital in the area that we are in has a rule where you can have a person, but that person cannot leave. They can't leave the room. I mean, in other words, they can't leave the building. Once you're in, you're in. So if you get admitted and your support person, whether it's your mom, your spouse, your bestie, it doesn't matter who the person is. If that person leaves, then they're not coming back in the building. They will not be allowed back in the building. But what I would suggest is to wherever your hospital is where you're supposed to deliver, call them and ask them what their rules are. Because what has happened and some hospitals are taking a big beating for this, is that the ladies have found out, let's say, the hospital that they're supposed to go to isn't allowing anyone, so they won't go there. They'll show up at another hospital that knows them not, that knows nothing about them, has no record to deliver there just to have somebody with them. So I say if you're early enough in your pregnancy, you know, that you can transfer, what you can do is find out, again, find out the rules of the hospital that you're supposed to deliver in. Call labor and delivery and say, listen, I'm this many weeks. I'm supposed to um, deliver there, you know, on this date or so. And what are your hospital policies during the pandemic about this? Right. And if you find that you don't like them, then if you're early enough in your pregnancy, you get your records and maybe you transfer somewhere else. But if not, you putting a whole lot of pressure on the system that's already in trouble by just going to a different hospital just because, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm proud to be out there doing, I'm not in the hospital anymore. I'm proud to be in the clinic. I'm proud to be in the office to, to do the work um, and, and be there for you. Um, but you have to do your part too. I have responsibility so do you mm-hmm. and and your responsibility is to make sure you have all the information and i'm so glad Kelly, that has done this because you know this is another resource for you yes. you know so i that was that would be my biggest advice how many weeks are you call the hospital that you're supposed to deliver right find out what their rules are 
and, and see if that's comfortable for you. And if it's not, then do your due diligence and make the transfer early enough so that it's not an added uh, pressure mm-hmm. for the hospital that you'll be going to. Wonderful. The, the beds, the beds, the beds are, are, are running out. Mm. You know? So that, that's great advice. I appreciate you for um, mentioning that. Um, you know, as she stated, call and find out what the rules are at the hospital that you are expecting to deliver in. And if you are early in your pregnancy, you know, see if you can transfer, but do your due diligence, you know, because as you stated, the beds are limited. And um, I think that's so great, the points that you brought out um, in reference of that, because I think sometimes people, they don't um, take note that there's, it's, we understand that you are expecting and we want to make sure you're safe and the baby's safe, but then also the hospital and the um, provider has a responsibility as well, right? So to keep everything running smooth, you have to a responsibility as well to do your part. And I think if everyone just worked together in that sense, everything will be a whole lot better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have anything more you would like to share in oh, reference? Ton. <laughs> I just started uh, some months back a private uh, Facebook group that I will be extending to YouTube and Instagram. Uh, It's called Your Vaginal Health um, or Your V Health. Uh, You can find me there. And every week I post subjects regarding women's health. Um, And that just speaks to my passion about letting women know that you're more than just a vagina. That's right? right. (laughs) <laughs> um and you're welcome to join the group just ask answer the um the couple of questions i had originally the idea around it was to discuss people with recurrent vaginitis but i thought that was too narrow a focus so mm-hmm. i just made it your vaginal health that's wonderful yeah again you know um i'm gonna have all of her information um, posted on my social media page. So those of you who are interested in learning more about um, Sophia, um, you can find that on my social media pages. And I just want to say thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Um, guys, you can purchase her book, Letters to Myself, on Amazon. So you can go to Amazon, look for the book titled Letters to Myself by Sophia Laurel. Again, I will have that on my social media page. I will actually, you know, put a link up on my IG page. So it'll take you directly to her book so that way you can purchase that. And um, go on Facebook if you have Facebook and look up your V Health or your vaginal health and send a friend request. Don't forget to follow Radiating Change on Instagram at radiating underscore change and subscribe to my podcast today on Spotify. Thank you for listening and always remember to radiate change. God bless.